Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with me, your host, John Basto. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Duke McKenzie, MBE. Duke, I'm so glad that you've come on this podcast. Uh, and it, you know what? It's not a normal podcast. Disc. People probably see the name Duke McKenzie, MBE, and they think, oh, it's going to be another one of his stories, or it's going to be like a, a repeated story of what something he's already done. But today he's got a completely different agenda. Today is something that's very close to your heart uh, and to mine as well, uh, and which is why I'm glad that you've come on to to talk about it. So, for the benefit of everybody, we today we're talking about uh, two charities. We're talking about mine and we're talking about Ringside Rest and Care, uh, the Ringside Charitable Trust. And I, I'm I'm really delighted that you're coming on to talk about this with me today. Okay, well, listen, it's a it's a privilege first of all first of all to be here and for you to ask me on. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I've always been, you know, like very passionate about the sport that I've done because it's taken me through the whole of my career. But to still be involved in it somehow, some way, and my career's finished, well, I consider that a real blessing, really. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously, like, mental health today is prevalent in, in this society that we live in, sadly. And it is something that really, it can touch anybody at any time. Um, and you know, and it is something I'm, 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 you know, quite passionate about. Been involved with the Mind organisation for oh, quite a number of years now, as as one of their ambassadors. You know, just talking about mental health, what it means to me personally, and certainly what it what it means to quite a lot of people that I actually know on a, on a personal level. So you know, it's it's one of them sort of things, really. You know, I, I use that word quite not not even lightly. Mental health is a very is a very personal thing, and not everybody wants to talk about their mental health, particularly ex-boxers who are very proud, 
men. Uh, and women, and women, because we've got a lot of women boxers now that are in this sport. Yeah, it, it is, it's a big deal. I suppose for the benefit of everybody who may or may not know about mind and ringside rest and care i just wanted you to set a bit of context for them and just explain how your involvement came about with them people may all know know this story already but i think it's important to let the people that are listening and watching know like why why are you involved with it what what is it that touches your heart that you've 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 been a patron of them for for many years now i first got involved with mind probably about 20 years ago 15 20 years ago when I had uh, one of their service users in my gym working out. And um, he'd been watching me for quite some time. And obviously, I think he quite liked the way I sort of interacted with people. And he kind of put it to me, he said to me, uh, would I like to put up, be interested in working with MIND or with mental health patients at, from the MIND organisation, service users direct um, from, from the MIND organisation. This is people that have come straight out of the... Royal Bethlehem Hospital, people that have had, you know, quite severe mental health issues in their lives. I think he saw me as some kind of a counsellor, which I'm not. I'm not a qualified counsellor. I'm not a qualified anything. But, um, you know, I'm a people's person and I love talking to people. I like getting on with people. And I certainly have to get the best out of people in, 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 a, in a fitness uh, sense, you understand. So he'd been in my gym for about a good, I'd say a good year, maybe a little bit longer. And like I say, he'd been watching me and how I'd interact with people and how I'd, I don't even want to say I help people, but I just, I like, I like people. And I sort of give people a leg up when they need one. And uh, he'd like that. So he said to me, Duke, would you be interested in working with the Mind organisation, which he had quite a big involvement with. And um, his name is Michelle Tizzy. He's still at Mind now, actually, one of their advocate workers. And... He, when he put it to me, I was a little bit shocked initially because I'd never worked with anybody with a mental health problem before, except myself, of course, because I'm a little bit touched. But um, yeah, he put he kind of put it to me, and then I then he introduced me to the um, the the CEO of the Croydon Mind, uh, Richard Pacitti, and then Richard introduced me to one or two other people that were very important and influential to the uh, to the Mind organisation. And it just, it just kind of snowballed from there. It just sort of grew from there. Then a boxing programme was put together. I put a boxing programme together, which is purely non-contact, by the way. You know, they train like a traditional boxer. Anybody trains like a traditional boxer, but there's no physical contact. And it worked, to my amazement. It worked. I mean, I've still got, I've still got at, least, at least maybe four or five people from my original group, which I, which, which I had, like I say, almost 15, 20 years ago. And I'm in touch with them now. Or they're still in my gym, and I've had I've had several gyms since that one that uh, that I had back in Croydon. I'm, I'm at South Croydon now, but I've still got those people in my gym now. And I kind of think to myself that that is just such for me. It is an absolute blessing. I can't really put it any any, any simpler than that. It's an absolute blessing. It really is. You know, some of these people have had very very difficult lives, which I'm not obliged to uh, elaborate on. They've had very very difficult lives, but you know they they still found a way to get on with their lives and uh, maintain a healthy body and a healthy mind through the training program that I put together. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to pat myself on the back for that one. That's quite a, that's quite a big deal. How important is what you do now to the community? Even more now than ever, I, I see a lot of reports now about a lot of 
younger individuals, uh, even of school age, really suffering badly with the mental health. And every day I wake up and I see something new about uh, issues with, with young girls, young boys uh, suffering with mental health and even as extreme as, as some of these uh, young individuals going to, to, to the extreme of taking their own lives as a result of their, their mental health. So I suppose asking you that question, you being involved with, with many different individuals, how important is it and how much of an impact does this work have uh, on the community? I really believe it. it, it if I had my way, I'd be doing this full time. If I had my way, I'd be training youth on a full-time basis. Again, if I had my way, when I was a kid, there were so many youth clubs available, so many youth clubs out there. There was so much for you to do other than just sort of knocking around the streets or, you know, robbing shops or robbing people or robbing cars or stabbing people as kids do today. There was so much more out there for you. There was a youth club pretty much on every street corner. So, you know, to go to, an, to, go to a youth club then was a really big deal. I can remember going to like the, uh, my youth club. It was called the Sir Philip Game Amateur Boxing Club. And when I went down there as a probably like a 10, 11-year-old boy, as I was then, it was like a really big deal. But you'd be there from about 10 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. They had every activity going, you know, from football to boxing to snooker to, to you know, like um, crazy golf, table tennis, you name it. Every, every sport activity you can name was at this one this one little club that I used to belong to, this is a Philip game in Morland Road in Croydon. And I just believe kids today have got so much. They've got too much too soon. They've got too much time on their hands. There's not enough discipline for them. There's a lot of broken families out there for one reason or another. But I'm sure with positive role models and enough people getting behind certain um, organisations, you know, they should, they could quite easily, easily um, have more youth clubs available to young kids today you know kids don't do sport in in school anymore i think they do like an hour a week something ridiculous like that so you know the need the need for leaders and i don't use that term lightly the the word the the, the, um the the thing for leaders is is paramount now there's a lot of guys out there a lot of guys a lot of women even that are just natural born leaders you know which, which would which would snatch your arm off right now to train youth, and they'd probably do it for nothing. You know, they'd give up their time for nothing. It was like an hour a week, they'd go and do it, I'm sure, if the facilities were there. But the government, the government really have to really take a look at the way they're structuring um, youth development and how they see at this next generation coming through and what they think this next generation, who and what they're going to be. Because the way, young, the way mental health is going through young kids now, it's spreading through young kids like wildfire. You know, young kids today, I've never heard of a, until I've been in the mind organisation, I've never heard of a, a young teenager having mental health problems. I've never heard of it before. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't, it didn't exist in my era, but it was certainly less prevalent in my era. And for young kids now to be saying they've got a mental health problem at 12, 13 years of age, some probably a little bit younger than that. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's, that's a real sad state of affairs. And if the government don't act now, then the next generation that are coming through I feel really sorry for them. I think one of the things that you're heavily involved in is trying to get the younger generation uh, into into the sport of boxing. Not so much because they have to come and compete. I think one of the things that I like that you do is you, you're trying to encourage people just to, to get fit, just trying to take them issues away. And, and, and I know there's, there's a lot of links and there's a lot of studies that have been conducted where exercise 
it releases them endorphins into the brain and it allows people to have them happy thoughts. Uh, and I know boxing is, is, has been promoted quite a lot recently, both in, in the women's side of the sport, but in the men's side of the sport, of how much of an impact it can have on somebody's mental health, a positive impact that it can have on someone's mental health. And I'm sure, obviously, with you having the gym and, and you're having different people through the doors every single day, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen really good examples of that. So I'm just curious to know, like, have you got any good examples of, of people that you've worked with uh, recently that are a product of, of this environment, the society that we live in, that have, have been able to essentially turn things around and, and, and get back on the right path in life? Well, I've got quite a number of kids in my gym now who are what I call... They're just, they're just lovely boys and girls. They really, really are. And, you know, when they first, some of them, some of them, not all of them, but some of them, when they, obviously when they first come to me, are quite wayward. They are quite cocky. They have got issues, uh, stroke, stroke. Uh, but I don't, I don't really stand for any of it. And I always think to myself, you know, that could easily have been me one day. So I tend to be, I tend to be quite empathetic with them. You know, I like to listen and I just let people talk. And I think if anybody's got an issue or a problem, you know, they need to get it out. And so if, they, if you don't have people to talk and express that, whatever it is they've suppressed for, you know, a year, two, three, five, however many years it is, you soon get it out of them. And the boxing place is a really good place for structure and discipline. And the way I run my jukebox gym in Croydon, like I say it's more than just a gymnasium. Like to me, it's more than just a gym. It, to me, it's more than just a living. Uh, it's a place where I really believe that you know, we get one or two sort of lost souls down there that don't always end up lost in the end because, you know, I work my magic and kind of pull them around again. But you know, these things take time and it takes a lot of effort. And But it's something that I do uh, gladly, something that I do willingly. And I just think, you know, I, I don't want to blow, you know, blow my own trumpet. But like I say, there's a lot of kids in my gym who actually look up to me. Because, you know, if you set the standards and you set the ground rules from day one, then they have a follow or they don't follow. And I would say nine out of 10 just want that person they can actually relate to. You know, I'm not, I don't drive a Rolls Royce to work and I, I don't live in a big old mansion. That's my dog outside, you can hear. You know, I've got a little free bedroom house that I live in. I'm just a normal everyday guy. And I just think to myself, kids, they need somebody they can actually identify with. Black, white or indifferent makes no difference. You know, they just need somebody they can actually identify with. You know, as I said before, they need like a role model or a leader. And I think that's how a lot of kids probably see me. So, you know, all the kids call me coach. They don't call me by my first name. Everybody comes through my door. They say hi or they say goodbye. You know, you set one or two little ground rules. Then you just sprinkle a bit of gold dust on them. You just watch them flourish. But not, it's not everybody's like that. And I can't do that with everybody. I'm not a lifesaver, you understand. But what, what I try to do, I just try to reason with kids. And, you know, I, I appreciate them as much as they appreciate me. And if you can get them over the door and you start talking to them on a level, I don't speak their language, by the way, because I don't understand it. They speak my language. Once you make them understand that, you know, they're here for a reason and they've got purpose, they've got meaning. You know, some of these kids have never been told that can't be that sort of, they've never heard that sort of language before. Some people have never even been told that, you know, that you actually care about them and where they end up and where they're going. So, like I say, you show, you show, you show them some, uh, some respect and you tend to get it back. And what sort of things do Mind offer for people? What sort of services are there out there within Mind that can assist different age ranges? The, the Mind, the Mind organisation for me, I think they're a brilliant organisation because they offer so much. There's so much more 
than a mental health charity. They don't just, you know, they're not into, they're not big on drugs and, and that sort of thing and sending people off to see psychiatrists. A lot of things that mine do are actually done in-house. You know, they've got advocate workers who just work their backsides off, you know, 20, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know. And all right, they're getting paid to do a service, but they provide an excellent service. You know, they they anything that, that you that you need through the mind organization, then they will provide in a in a, in a structured manner. You know, they're not gonna throw money at you, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they don't spoil anybody, you know, they do assessments on everybody, they talk to people, and they try to point people in, in the right direction. As I say, some people only need like a you know, for somebody to put them arm out, put their arm around them. And tell them that, that they are good and they are worth something. They have value. You know, they got they got purpose in life. And a lot of young kids don't get this now because we come from broken homes. This is called broken Britain. You know, there's a lot of single parent families. There's a lot of dads out there that don't actually know how to be dads. There's a lot of mums out there that don't actually know how to be mothers. Uh, but they, what they need is is um, is to be educated on how to be a mum and how to be a dad. And if they can do that, then they can pass on that wisdom, that knowledge. To their kids, you know, or if not their kids, then somebody else's. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I really have got a lot of respect and admiration for the, uh, the Mind Organisation, which is why I'm so heavily involved with them. So moving over to the Ringside Charitable Trust, the Ringside Rest and Care, uh, that's something that we've promoted quite a lot recently on our podcast because obviously it's, I feel, and this is just my personal opinion, that there's not a lot of people within the sport that promote it i think the way they should like the way the platforms that people have out there at the moment are quite are quite immense and the reach is quite wide and i just don't see a lot of 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 the big platforms out there uh, even promoters not many of them from what i can see appear to be sort of pushing this agenda out there and it is it's it's an agenda well worthy of pushing out there because there's a lot of fighters in this sport that don't come out of it uh, in a very good state, in a very comfortable state, or are able to live a very comfortable life as a as a result of being in the ring, uh, injuries sustained in the ring over the years. We 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 know all about what Trish Dixon did in his book, damaged about the onset of CTE later on in in lives of of many fighters. And I think it's quite important that we use this opportunity to highlight, you know, how how much Ringside Rest and Care do and the Charitable Trust do. And I know you're an ambassador of, of that also. So again, for the benefit of, of people listening who might not be that well-versed within it or educated within it, just just let them know what is it all about? What do they actually do and provide for, for Xboxers of the sport? Well, the Ringside Charitable Trust was set up by uh, Paul Fairweather and Dave Harris. And those guys were tirelessly, you know, to get to get this organisation off the ground. The Ringside Charitable Trust is an organisation set up predominantly for retired ex-boxers that have fallen on hard times. And there are quite a number of them, ex-boxers I'm talking about, which have fallen on hard times. They really, they've got nothing. And some of the boxers, uh, several that I know, not on a personal level, you understand, but several that I know of are actually either homeless as we speak or suffering with mental health problems. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it beggars to believe why more reputable, well-known Xboxers, bigger, more, more well-known than, than myself within the boxing fraternity, even managers, uh, promoters, why they're not throwing their weight behind this? Because ultimately those guys have made their money 
um, from boxers over the years, and it would be, it wouldn't, you know what, they wouldn't even have to put in any money, they just put their name to it. If they put their name and support behind this organisation, the Ringside Rest, uh, Charitable Trust, um, then that would generate a bigger audience, certainly. Now, the uh, Ringside Charitable Trust, what they're trying to do is raise enough capital to build, you know, a state-of-the-art care home specifically for retired boxers, boxers that have fallen on the hard times because boxers need, they need help. They, you know, they, they need, they need, they need protecting from themselves. You know, no, nobody's untouchable from, from drink, drugs or any other, any other devices that are out there. And unfortunately, quite a few Xboxes have fallen on to those, those sort of bad vices. And these guys need help. And why shouldn't the box fraternity all club together? Because we're supposed to be this big one family, allegedly, um, you know, and, and help and help one another. You know, there's there's so much money in the pot to help, you know, Xboxers. I don't know why this hasn't happened before, but it's happening now. The Ringside Charitable Trust are spearheading that. They are spearheading this organisation. They're trying to get this up on all this organisation up and running. They won't go away because they're just working tirelessly all the time to, to get this off the ground. And I, for one, you know, anything that they do, I'll champion anything they do because I really believe in the, in the guys that are running it. You know, they're honest and they're kind. And they give up a lot of their free time or all of their free time to get this organisation moving. So, you know, I'm, I'm giving up a lot of my time. I'm getting involved with these people because I care about boxing. I care about boxers. If I can help them in any way, shape or form, I would. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd give them a sizable donation. I really would because that's how much I believe in what they're doing. And I just, again, I, I don't really understand why... Why, you know, why the hierarchy of this sport don't all, you know, get together, get around the table, talk about it, discuss whatever issues they've got going on and just move this organisation forward because it's not going away. And the sooner they do that, then the better it will be for Xboxers. I mean, it's OK. It's OK for promoters and managers to say that, you know, boxers are responsible for themselves, which they are. It's OK for them to say, you know, they can do what they want with their money because they, again, they can. But, you know, boxers need guidance. Boxers need help. Boxers need to be not, not told, but advised on, you know, the wealth that they, that, they, that they might acquire and what to do with it and how to invest it. You know, here today, gone tomorrow. And you know, boxers are the same as anybody else. You know, they're not, we're, not, we're not accountants, we're not businessmen. You know, you know, we always think that the money's expendable and it's always going to be there. But the reality is one day it's going to dry up. And I don't know, I don't know a boxer um, that has a pension or thinks about having a pension or takes out a professional license and says, right, the first thing I'm going to do is get a pension, you know, or get myself an accountant to do my taxes. And, you know, says, when my career's over, I've got myself a little nest egg and all my taxes up to date. You know, most boxers, most, most professional sportsmen per se, I think just spend their money. And then when, you know, when the hard times hit, they don't know what to do with themselves. So they, they fall apart. And, but if, you, if they've got the right education from the outset, then that needn't be the case. And you see more successful boxers come out of this sport without mental health issues. Boxers are normal people at the end of the day, but you know, they've, got the, they've got the adage of having had a really hard career, you know, on top of maybe going through a divorce, on top of maybe going through a bereavement, on top of any other sort of thing that can trip you up in life. You know, you've got a hard boxing career on top of that. And I include in that, you know, four round fighters, six round fighters, just because there are four or six round fighters doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to suffer or they're not going to have a hard career. You know, boxing is just it's a hard business per se. 
Yeah, the, the, uh, they've been to a charitable trust, yeah. They're trying to raise monies for this, this care home. It's not just about raising the money, as, as you've mentioned. It's about the maintenance of the care home. So they do all kinds of events up and down the country uh, to raise awareness about the, the, the Bingside Charitable Trust and to try and generate some kind of uh, funds coming in. And, you know, they, they're doing OK, but you know, how much is enough? And, and you can never have enough for, 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 an, for something like this because it's, it's a big deal. It's never been done before. And, you know, for any boxer, when their career is finished, if their lives then, you know, go on a, on a, on a downward sort of traje trajectory, then the, it would be nice to know that they're being cared for by boxing people. People actually know the sport. People actually know what they're talking about and what, and what they're doing. Uh, most people probably see boxers as being quite aggressive or, you know, because, you know, you get punk paid to punch people for a living. But that's not the case. It's, it's a job, same as any other job. Uh, some boxers are good at it and others aren't good at it. But ultimately, the result is the same. You know, you get into a squaring and, uh, and you know, and, and you box with somebody. So boxing is not, it's not for everybody. It's certainly not for the faint-hearted. Uh, but it's something that most, most, a lot of people want to do. I've got people in my gym now that can't fight but think they're boxers. Uh, I get it all day long, all day, every day. And the thing is, you know, that's the safe side of the ropes. You know, gyms like mine are the safe side of the ropes because nobody's ever going to get hurt. But when you go to the other side of the ropes and you take it up as a living, you know, the minute you step through that ropes, you can, you can, you can lose your life. That's the harsh reality of it. I mean, that's the brutal side of it. I, I really believe the British Boxing Board of Control have the safest governing body in the whole wide world because they're, 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 their measures are so strict and they're so stringent in, in the way that they conduct themselves. I think they're quite brilliant. I think Robert Smith does a sterling job at the, uh, at the British Boxing Board of Control. But, um, you know, I know that a meeting's been trying to set up with Robert Smith, with the Ringside Charit Charitable Trust, to see if they can have some kind of collaboration uh, with, with the Board of Control and see, if, and see if something might come of it, which I'm sure once they've spoken to, uh, to Robert, he might see the light and, and get involved, you know. But more meetings should be put on with, you know, the, the real big boys, the real money players, you know, like the Frank Warren of the world, like um, Eddie Hearn, those sort of guys. It would be great if those guys got involved. Um, I don't know if they ever will, but it would be fantastic for the sport if they did and, uh, and give back, find another way of giving back. That's what's important, and this is what this is what it's all about. This one, Duke, it's about being able to bring to the attention of people that listen to our show more more information about Mind, more information about Ringside Charitable Trust, uh, and be able to put it out there even more. Because whilst people might already know about it, and they all do a good job of putting it out there themselves, like we both agree, I don't think there's enough support from from the overall boxing fraternity to be able to push this this agenda out there and, and make sure that everybody's aware of it. You know, boxing fans uh, all around the world uh, you know these they see these guys go into the ring week in week out and these ladies week in week out now going in there putting their lives on the line and a lot of it is for the entertainment of the fans in particular and and like you could go and watch a, a card at a show and walk away from that and, and not realise that in two or three years down the line these guys could be that you've watched that you've been entertained by could have fallen on really really hard times and I think it's so 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 important to, to make sure that this is continuously pushed so that 
that people are aware of it. And for everybody that's listening to our show and watching our show, we've put the links into the episode notes uh, for Mind, for Inside Charitable Trust, uh, any of the pages that you can donate to are on there. Uh, but it's more about spreading the word of mouth. The word of mouth is so, so important. And, you know, that can be via social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whichever way you want to do it, they can share these links on there and they can make people aware of it because at the end of it all we're the ones that are outside of the ropes and we're the ones that are watching from afar we're not the ones that see what happens to these guys in the aftermath and years gone by and you think about it and you think well what happened to that fighter and then you hear these really really sad sad stories about them and and how hard they've had it since they've left the sport and it's like well where is everybody what why is nobody supporting them well this is what ringside charitable trust is all about and this is why we're plugging this so so much so that these guys that are working so hard paul and dave to to, to push this out there have got that little bit of extra support from people that are, are pushing these types of episodes out there these types of this type of content out there and we're happy to be able to facilitate it and we're happy to have you on duke as an ambassador to be able to uh, to help promote it as well because it's it's important that people like you who have done so much in your own boxing career who who are living a, a relatively comfortable life that could have been totally different for you that might have not worked out the way it did for you do you know and, and this is this is what's so important about pushing this well, listen, I'm, I'm a regular guy at the end of the day. who's had an extraordinary career. In terms of my boxing achievements, I've, you know, I've, I've, had a, I've had an absolutely brilliant, brilliant career. You know, but, you know, we've got other world champions that are out there, ex-world champions, British champions, European champions, that have had successful careers in their own right, that have had mental health problems, like a Ricky Hatton or a Frank Bruno or, uh, or even Tyson Fury. You know, these guys speak quite openly about having mental health issues and mental health problems throughout their careers. Um, but I don't see any of them getting behind the Ringside Charitable Trust just yet. Maybe it has been put to them. I don't know. But I would imagine that um, for whatever their reasons, you know, they're, they're living quite a comfortable life. Maybe they don't want to get involved. That's their prerogative. But if those guys got behind, or you know, more boxers like those, with the more bigger names got behind the Charitable Trust, then the organisation would grow quicker. The Charitable Trust would get to their, where they needed to be sooner and boxers would get the help they need now. You know, it's not always about tomorrow or the next day or the next week or the next month or even year. You know, boxers need help now. And I know that the Charitable Trust, the Ringside Charitable Trust, have opened up a, um, a helpline for boxers where they can call up, you know, 24 hours a day, I believe, um, you know, if they need help, if they need some kind of guidance, if they need some kind of assistance. So I don't know if that's out there yet, but if it's not, then it will be, uh, very, very, very shortly. I know it's up and running as we speak, so um, but I don't know how much they've actually advertised that. So hopefully that will go a long way in, in helping boxers thinking that, you know, they're not alone. Because once, once you're home and you shut your front door, uh, you can get locked inside the cockpit of your mind and not come out again. And it's a very, very difficult place to be. It's not a nice place to be at all. So, uh, but if, you've got, if you know you've got help out there, or you know there's somebody you can talk to, you know, you know, it's, it's only a phone call away, then that will go a long way to helping people. Um, you know, it's not say I put my wholehearted um, support behind the, the Charitable Trust and hopefully um, over the next several months, you've been in a lot more from them. And thank you so much for coming on and making 
people more aware of, of what's going on and people more aware of of how they impact the community and how they impact boxers and, and, and both mind and the ringside charitable trust and the great work that they're doing it's a pleasure to obviously have you on to discuss this and uh, for people that are listening to our podcast they'll know that upcoming next is in fact your career profile for our career profiles podcast coming later on in the week which is excellent we're going to get to hear all about your journey through the boxing world but it was very more important today to focus on mind and the ringside charitable trust and duke as always it's an absolute pleasure to to have you on and thank you so much for for educating us more on this you're welcome champ thanks for having me on i appreciate it i really do and uh i wish you well and uh i look forward to talking to you again Podcast Network.